Hi, this is Bailey Curry. Dallin Bestwick here. Brennan Gaunt here, former driver number 62. This is Gary Owen from the Going YouTube channel. Hi, I'm Rafael Sard. Quick Pick Podcast. It's not that tough. Connor, Ethan, Quick Pick Podcast. You're listening to it. Everybody tune in. Welcome back to the Quick Pit Podcast. I'm here with Ethan, joined by no one this week. Connor's on vacation, everyone else is busy, and so due to my schedule and everyone else's, I just decided to record by myself this week, not try and find a, a co-host in, uh, in to replace Connor as he's on vacation, as I said. Um, but we are excited to be back. I'm happy to be back on the show with another episode, and we have a pretty exciting race to recap this week as well. Um, now, you, uh, it'll be interesting what, what comes out of this weekend. We've got the Glen coming up, me and Connor and another one of our friends are uh, planning on driving up for the race weekend, Saturday and Sunday. So we will almost certainly, we will be there in some capacity. And uh, yeah, looking forward to that a lot. First time at the Glen. I used to live near there. Never got to go. Now, finally, will be our first race at the Glen. We're in general admission, which means we'll be moving around a lot. But it should be a great weekend. And we have a pretty decent, not <coughs> awful, Richmond race to recap this week. I'll get into that right after a word from our sponsors. Make sure you guys go check out Washington on the Daily on Instagram and Twitter. That's at WSH. On the daily, less than a month away from the kickoff of the 2022 NFL season. So go follow him for all the latest news and updates on the Washington Commanders. And as always, go check out CircleBDieCast.com. Great, great site for all your diecast needs, including the Kimi Raikkonen 91 Trackhouse Racing Project 91 car that just released for pre-order. I've already pre-ordered that one. Cannot wait for that to come. It'll be in like six months, but that's how Lionel works. So I'm super excited to get those cars in. I got both the 164 and the 124. So pretty, pretty hyped to get the Kimmy car coming in in the mail next year. But you can go pre-order stuff on there. You can order in-stock items as well. They have a ton of diecast in stock right now that can be shipped within just a few days to your door. Um including some next gens now so there's uh, my next gen shelf is filling up i'm extremely excited for the glen this weekend to add a few more to the collection but use code quickpit on circle B diecast for a special discount on your order 30 dollars or more so go check out circlebdiecast.com for all your nascar merchandise needs let's get into the race richmond was pretty good for richmond Richmond standards that is which means it wasn't a great race still but I, it kept my attention for the most part there was a part that got a little dull but for there were enough interesting parts to keep me entertained and uh, we'll start with the top 10 rundown before breaking down what I thought about the race but Ryan Blaney starts 10th finishes 10th leads one lap gets 38 points though which is important because it means he gained seven points on Martin Truex Jr. Truex finished higher than him. We'll get into his race in a few minutes. But uh, Blaney had more stage points. So he gained seven points on Truex and now is 
26 points to the good for the last playoff spot. The only playoff spot left for the taking. Everyone else has wins. So, uh, good run for Blaney. Kyle Busch comes home in 10th, or in 10th, in 9th. Uh, snaps a streak of eight consecutive races outside the top ten. He's had an abysmal summer. Um, but uh, good for Kyle Busch to finally end that streak and uh, finish ninth uh, to finally get another top ten. Eric Almirola was a threat at certain points of the race. Never could quite get to the lead, but the Fords had a good day overall. And he finishes eighth for, I believe, his seventh top ten of the year. With rumors swirling around Almirola whether or not he's going to return next year or not. Um, he's having good runs during the summer stretch. So, uh, good job Eric Almirola. He needs a win at this point, but it's nice to see him still clicking off finishes in what might be his final season. Martin Trix Jr., as I mentioned before, finished 7th, but failed to gain points on Blaney. Lost points to Blaney. He now needs 26 points to catch Blaney, as I said. Probably needs a win at this point, and with Watkins Glen, a road course coming up this weekend that Toyotas have struggled at, and Daytona, which is a crapshoot. If I'm Trex, I am pretty concerned at this point. I think they're going to have to hope something happens to Blaney here. Coming home in sixth is Joey Logano, who won a stage-led 222 laps in the 22 car, which is great. Um, fell off on the last run, but... Overall, a really promising day for that team. They've had uh, some some good runs already this year, and and now uh, I I think I think this is a, a overall a much better season for Joey Logano uh, than he had last year, and he he really looked like old form Joey Logano this week. So that was good to see for that team get some momentum going into the playoffs for the 22 car. Coming home in fifth, Chase Elliott, another top five, extends his points lead. It's now up to 116 points over Ryan Blaney in second. Um, but uh, he is having a phenomenal season. Keeps it up with a great run at Richmond. Started 23rd and came all the way up to finish fifth. Wasn't a factor for the win, but it was surprising to see him get as high up as fifth during the race. So, Elliott with the uh, top five kicking it off. Coming home in fourth is Denny Hamlin. Another race he probably should have won, but choked it away with a bad pit stop, slow pit stop. Uh, was on the same strategy as Christopher Bell, who we'll talk about in a minute. Probably would have won if the race was one lap longer, but because of the slow pit stop, was not up there to compete for the win and was not able to pull off a late race charge like he did in the spring. Hamlin won this race in the spring at Richmond, but... Good run overall for Hamlin. Um, another race that's probably disappointing for them given where they finished, but given how the season started for this team, it's great for, for their playoff hopes that they're clicking off more top fives as the season goes on. Finishing third, kicking off the podium, is Chris Busher, who had a chance at the win before burning his stuff up a little too much. Still a phenomenal run for the RFK driver. Uh, third place finish, uh, completely out outpaced his teammate Brad Kozlowski once again. Though Kozlowski had a good run too and just fell off at the at the end of the race. But um, Busher was really, it looked like for a while that he might catch the eventual winner and become the 16th winner on, uh, as it 
ended up being it was all for naught and he finished third. But still, a really promising run for a team that has struggled this year. And uh, Busher definitely put his name on the map. map. Christopher Busher, as Dale Jr. said. Um, and now he will have that on his name rail next week because of that. Coming home in second, we have Christopher Bell, who, if he had one more lap, probably would have beat the eventual winner. But another great run for Bell. He's had a phenomenal stretch in terms of speed the last couple weeks. Uh, winning at New Hampshire. I believe he was fast at Pocono. I know he was fast at Michigan um, and uh, was fast again here. So uh, good, good, solid summer stretch for, for Seabell as the season winds down and heads towards the playoffs. And your winner, Kevin Harvick, for the second week in a row. I don't think anyone saw this coming. I personally didn't see him winning a race this year, let alone two. But here we are with... Uh, the playoffs coming up, and Harvick is on a quite a hot streak, and uh, it's impressive to watch, really, when when you think about it. Especially given that so many people writ that wrote that team off as uh, not a competitor, and I wouldn't deem them a championship threat at this point. But their stock is definitely rising. If there's power rankings, I would put them higher up on the power rankings. And uh, leads 55 laps, more playoff points for that team. And uh, two weeks in a row, Harvick has won after not winning for nearly two years. He's won the last two races. So congrats to Harvick. Good run for them. And uh, they are poised for a good playoff run at this point. Overall, I think the race was decent. Um, and it showed that in Jeff Gluck's poll. It was one of the higher ratings for Richmond races. It was still a low rating in general, but... Um, it's good to see at least, I, I, I thought that the, the strategy was interesting and the, um, the fact that the track actually had multiple grooves. You had Christopher Bell running really high early in the race and, and making it work him and Ricky Stenhouse. That was really, uh, wild to watch and fun to watch. It's always cool to see the, the drivers trying new things. And so I, I for one thought it was a pretty decent race. I was entertained. I know some people were not, but um, I I enjoyed I enjoyed the race for the most part. Um, Ross Chastain, of course, got in an altercation yet again. I don't think this one was his fault, but with how many incidents he's been involved in, I think uh, he can't complain when the, the ire gets turned to him because He's always in these incidents. It seems, I, I can't remember the last week that there wasn't a Ross Chastain um, incident. Because, I mean, if you think about it, he there's this week, crash involving Kyle Busch and um, Martin Truex and Eric Jones, Ty Dillon um, on that restart there. I don't think, like I said, I don't think, I think uh, Ty Dillon sent it in Chastain was trying to avoid Dylan, and Kyle Busch probably came down on Chastain a little bit. But uh, in the end, Kyle Busch ended up with the top 10, and um, Chastain did not. But uh, he did win the opening stage, led all 80 laps of the first stage, and um, got a stage point or playoff point, which is good for his playoff hopes. But I mean, if you look back at last week at Michigan, the incident with Bell, which he kind of backtracked this week and said he probably should have lifted there. Um, then the the 
corner cutting or extending or whatever you want to call it that he did at Indy Road Course, which I still think he should not have been penalized for um, due to the fact that he did technically follow the rules and they didn't enforce it anywhere else. Um, he And then you, you go back to, to Pocono with uh, Denny Hamlin. Um, and then I don't know if anything happened at New Hampshire the week before, but you, you get where I'm going. Pretty much every race, there's something to talk about, about Ross Chastain. But the drivers need to stop talking and do something. I mean, Richmond would have been the perfect race for Hamlin to try something with Chastain, which he kind of did on a restart and ended up messing himself up and everyone else up behind him, which was hilarious. But um, but they, someone needs... If they're this mad at him, they need to stop talking on the radio. They need to stop tweeting. They just need to go wreck him. Because otherwise it looks stupid. And it bothers me how all these guys will, will talk the talk but not walk the walk. And it, it, it's 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 bothering me at this point. And they, they just need to... The, the drivers, Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex, whoever else is pissed off at him, which is most mostly Toyotas at this point, it seems... They just need to do something one of these weeks. I mean, Watkins Glen, great race to, to just punt him into the gravel. Doesn't get hurt, just ruins his race, doesn't even mess up his car. Just push him off into the gravel somewhere, beach him, have him have to get towed and lose a lap or something. And you've made your point. You can stop yapping about him and you can go back to racing and not just complaining on the radio saying you got chastained and never doing anything about it. I mean, Chastain is not perfect. I like what he is means for the sport. I wouldn't consider myself a an all-out fan for him, but I definitely like his personality, how he races, and uh, the attention he brings to NASCAR. But the drivers need to do something to him because because they're just they're just posturing at this point. They're doing nothing and acting all tough, and they just need to to go do something. And, and, and so that's my take on that. But uh, I don't think this week it was his fault. But he doesn't have the the benefit of the doubt at this point. I mean, if Eric Jones does that, or or like William Byron or someone that hasn't had any incidents this year, nobody bats an eye. You just say it's a racing incident. But because Chastain was involved. He, he gets uh, attacked for it. But uh, so, some news for this week as we wrap up Richmond. Um, of course, there's only one playoff spot left. There are 15 winners, two races left. I think our best chance, I don't think we're getting a new winner this weekend at the Glen. I don't see, I don't think anybody has the speed. I don't think Blaney has been exceptionally good on road courses. He has one win, the 2018 Roval, that kind of fell into his lap. Uh, Truex is known for being a good road racer, but he hasn't won one since 2019, I think. It's been a long time since Truex won a road race, and the Toyotas have been so bad on on road courses as well that I don't I don't think Truex or Blaney are going to be a, a winner, a, a chance at a winner here at uh, Watkins Glen. Uh, we'll get into it more in, in the preview segment, but I really don't, I can't see a new winner at the Glen. I think it'll be someone who's, I think it might be Chase Elliott or someone like, I, it'll be someone, it'll be a, a standard winner. It won't be anything wild, I'll say that. Um, and But then Daytona all 
everything's gonna break loose it's gonna be chaos i cannot wait for that race it's 10 days away now and i'm super excited um almost more excited for the daytona race that i'm not going to than the watkins Glen race that i am going to which is a little weird but um i think we will get to exactly 16 winners and uh that will be that of course kurt bush missed this week again fourth straight race that kurt has missed uh, ty gibbs had a, a good race going, uh, was running in the top 10, had a great battle with uh, Kyle Busch before he had an engine fail mid-race, so he finished last, but not because of his own doing. Um, and uh, some other news from this week, Noah Gregson officially signed with uh, Petty GMS to drive the 42 car for them next year, despite what Connor says, I think it's a good move, um, and I think he will be pretty competitive next year, I don't think he'll have... I think he'll be a fringe playoff guy, honestly. He'll have a chance at a win at a couple races. Of course, he'll make some rookie mistakes. But overall, I, I think it's a good spot for, for Noah Gregson to move up to Cup because there's no better options. Um, and Ryan Blaney signed a contract extension, which is also great for him. Great to see drivers getting long-term, multi-year contract deals. And so exciting for that team as well. To pick that, uh, to pick up that contract and, and get focused on winning races and not on contracts, which is always a good thing. Not having the distraction. So, I think that'll be pretty much it for this segment. Uh, as I said, Ryan Blaney versus Truex is pretty much the battle for the last spot on points for the playoffs. So, uh, keep an eye on that this weekend at the Glen. And uh, we might have an interview coming up next, um, not in this episode, but keep an eye out for an interview coming up in a couple of weeks. So, with that being said, uh, this is going to be a, a quicker episode, um, and we're going to jump right to the preview segment uh, because of the uh, lack of news this week, it seems. Um, so, oh, oh, a couple more things I forgot. First of all, there's rumors that Texas is going to be uh, repaved. Uh, following 2023, which is exciting, unless they turn it into an Atlanta clone, and in which case it will not be exciting. I hope they do something new and unique and different there, but uh, it's SMI, so they're probably just going to try and make another stinking super speedway, um, But uh, which stinks, but, you, you know, it is what it is. Um, but at least, uh, even, even if it's another Atlanta-type super speedway, it'll still be better than... The racing we get at um, at Texas now. I'm that's the one race pretty much on the remaining schedule that I'm not excited to watch. So that that'll tell you how bad how bad uh, Texas is. And uh, it sounds like Cole Custer will return to the 41 next year. So the only chance of driver movement for Stuart Haas, Stuart Haas Racing would be in the 10 car, and that's really up to Almirola whether he decides to actually retire or not. So, there's uh, there's that uh, detail as well. And, uh, yeah, we'll move on to segment two, the, the final segment this week. I'll preview the Glen, talk about what uh, where you might be able to find us if you're going to the Glen, and, and all that. Coming up next on the Quick Tip Podcast.
Welcome back to the Quick Pit Podcast. You made it to the second and final segment of this week's show. A bit of a quicker episode since I'm by myself this week. But we have an exciting race at Watkins Glen to preview. I'm going to be there. Connor's going to be there. We're going up with a friend of ours. Three of us going up to watch the race weekend. We're leaving early Saturday morning. And uh, we'll be there for hopefully the uh, around cup practice we'll hopefully get there around noon and see practice and qualifying the xfinity race and then the cup race on sunday should be a great weekend weather looks good as i think actually i haven't even checked the weather i honestly i would not hate having rain because i think that would be really cool to see a rain race at the glen but um let's look at the weather here real quick Oh, great. So Saturday, high of 89. Sunday, sunny, easy, great. Sunday, um, we have a, a chance of rain um, all throughout the day, never getting higher than 45%, and that's late at night, though. So I don't think um, we might get a rain shower during the race, but as it looks, there's a 50% chance, but as it looks, we're probably okay. Might be a good idea to bring some ponchos, though. But race on Sunday, Cup Series race at the Glen, 3 o'clock Eastern Time on USA Network. The Glen, a road course, I believe 11 turns? I don't know exactly, but uh, it's the super speedway of road course racing. It's fast. It's not super technical. Not too many hard braking zones or turns except for turn one. Um... And, and, and the picturesque Watkins Glen, New York, upstate New York, or upstate, western New York, uh, Finger Lakes region, great area, and uh, should be a beautiful weekend, beautiful, wonderful race, great facility. I'm really looking forward to, to get into this to this racetrack for the first time. So, uh, if you uh, are listening to this and you want to, and you're going to that race, and, and you want to Catch up with us, say hi, get a sticker or something, just uh, send us a tweet or something, and we'll find a place to meet you um, for at uh, some point during the weekend. But uh, let's get into the preview here, shall we? Uh, Martin Trix Jr. leads the list for drivers to watch out for at the Glen over his last 10 races at the track. Eight top 10, six top fives, one win, and an average finish of 7th. He's finished on the lead lap every single race, the only driver in the field to do so. I would say, however, despite the numbers pointing towards him, I don't think he's a, a real threat given how bad the Toyotas have been at road courses. They've gotten better, but I don't think he's going to be a threat for the win. Maybe a threat for, maybe he'll probably finish top 10 somehow. But uh, overall, I don't trust Truex to have a phenomenal race. Nor Kyle Busch, who has eight top tens, six top or five top fives, and one win over that span. Or Brad Keselowski. Brad Keselowski on here has the third most top tens. He's tied with Kevin Harvick and Kurt Busch, but third most top tens. He has four top fives and six top tens. 123 laps led at the Glen over the last 10 races. He's been surprisingly good. That's that's interesting. And RFK. Definitely has had some good road course cars, so maybe Brad is a dark horse pick. Um, maybe for your fantasy lineup, I'm sure Eric would love that. Um, other guys to watch out for, of course, AJ Allmendinger uh, is always good at this track. One of his two career wins came at the Glen. 
Um, he'll probably be a threat, a factor. Uh, Kyle Larson uh, won last year's race. He's probably a, a good pick. He always qualifies well and starts well. And we cannot mention this list without talking about Chase Elliott, who has two wins here at the Glen and uh, has led the second most laps in the field despite having half the amount of races that a lot of guys have here. Only five starts, and he already has 141 laps led and a series-high average finish of sixth um, at this racetrack. So, um, very, very promising. Uh, I would definitely focus on Chase Elliott uh, for this race, and he should be the favorite. Uh, him and Larson should be the favorites to compete on Sunday. Let's look at the entry list, shall we? Because it's interesting. It has 39 entries, which is, I believe, the most since Daytona. Three open cars and seven nationalities represented by uh, it, on this entry list. So, of course, you have the Americans, which is like 90% of the field. But then you have Daniel Suarez from Mexico. You have Kyle Tilley in the 78 car for Live Fast Motorsports. Uh, Britt making a start in the Cup Series, which is great. We have Loris Hesemans for Team Hesberg in the 27 car, and he's uh, from Netherlands. And Daniel Kvyat, former F1 driver, uh, made his first career start at uh, the Indianapolis Road Course a couple weeks ago. He's in the field again um, in a Hesemans, or Hesberg Toyota, which is great. Uh, that team has two different cars. That's a uh, uh, Reum Brothers Racing entry, basically. But uh, he's Russian, so that brings us up to four or five. Um, and then we have Mike Rockenfeller, who's uh, German, uh, IMSA, IMSA driver. Um, he's in the 77 car with Spire. Um, and so this will... He, he's a very good driver, and he's uh, done a lot of IMSA stuff. He's won Le Mans, um, making his Cup Series debut this week. Um, and uh, should be interesting to see how he does, because that'll probably be a decent car, a Hendrick-prepared car for Spire. Um, and we'll, we'll see how he does. I, I'm very fascinated to see uh, how the performance is for Rockenfeller at, at, at the Glen. And then we have, of course, the one that you've probably all heard of, Kimi Raikkonen, the Finnish driver, 21-time F1 winner. He's an F1 world champion, um, has over 100 podiums in F1. He has a, a laundry list of achievements, um, and it's super exciting to see how he does. I personally think, despite his pedigree, despite his skills, despite the fact that um, he is driving for Trackhouse Racing, and um, that's going to be a very fast car. It's the first car, first start for uh, the Project 91 car for Trackhouse, their third open car designed to bring in uh, international superstars, give them a taste of NASCAR. Raikkonen has 21 career wins, 103 career poles, and uh, he won the 2007 championship for Ferrari. And uh, did I say polls? 103 career podiums. My bad. Uh, but, you know, overall, super exciting to see Kimi make an appearance 
in uh, in NASCAR, and um, it'll be really fascinating to see how he does. As I was saying, I don't think he will be a factor for the win. I think a top twenty or top fifteen would probably be a good good race <clears throat> for him. As Jeff Gluck said, and I completely agree with him, I don't think he will have the race pace, or I think he will have the speed on track, but I wouldn't be surprised if he has a pit road penalty. Um, just stuff like that, or, or like restarts might be an issue, stuff like that, that he has not much experience with in a stock car that might cause issues more so than the driving himself. I'm sure he will be plenty fast in that race car. Uh, it sounds like he was, uh, he's been uh, in the U.S. for about two weeks now working with Trackhouse. He got a, a test approved from NASCAR, so it's the, the practice session at the Glen will not be his first time in the next gen. Cup Series car, but um, it will be, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see we'll see how he does. Um, it'll be very exciting. I'm sure that this race will have a TV ratings boost because of all the people interested in it. Seven nationalities, lots of people tuning in. This could be a big turning point race for NASCAR. Uh, I hope that it's a good, exciting race. Um, to and and we'll see how it goes. Um, but with that being said, we'll get into picks. And I'm realizing as I'm recording this that I forgot to ask Eric and uh, Connor for their picks. So I will give my pick here. And um, then last week, none of us got it right. So it's still me with three, Connor with zero, Siri with zero, and Eric with two. Um, but I will put my pick in. And I'm going to go with um, with the one car of Ross Chastain for this race. He's always fast at the road courses and I think he will, uh, actually no, I was just saying earlier that it was a good spot for payback. I'm going to delete that. Um, let's go Let's go with the hot hand. I'm gonna go with Redick for, for this race because he's won the last two road course races. Um, and then we'll post on Twitter as we always do uh, Sunday morning who their picks will are. I'll, I'll get back to you with those and we'll talk about it next week, of course, Connor and I. Um, but otherwise, make sure you set your fantasy lineups. Connor forgot to set his picks this week, which is uh, which is funny. He still had last week's drivers in and they did all right. But uh, me and Eric both gained points on him. So it's tightening up the battle for the... Uh, Fantasy Championship is definitely tightening up. I think Connor's lead is down to like 40 points. So it's anyone's uh, championship to win at this point, which is great to see. I, I, I like that we have a good tight championship battle between four or five guys. And uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But make sure you remember to set your picks this week, guys, so you don't end up like Connor and coughing up or costing yourself some uh, much needed, much needed points. That'll be it for this week's episode of the Quick Pit Podcast. Thank you for listening and putting up with me rambling on and on because I don't have anyone to talk to. Make sure you check out Washington on the Daily on Instagram and Twitter for all your commander's news. That's at WSH on the Daily on Instagram and Twitter. And go to CircleBDiecast.com for all your NASCAR merchandise and use code QUICKPIT for a special offer. Thank you all for listening, and we'll we'll all, me and Connor, will be back to recap our adventures at the Glen 
and um, all that will certainly come from that to my diecast purchases and whatever else uh, we have to, to tell you about. But uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode, and we'll see you next week on the Quick Bit Podcast.